Cyber Synapse, the podcast that's creating connections through candid conversations about cyber issues. Sponsored by Agency, with your host, Kath Nibbs. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm doing things slightly different this week uh, in terms of I'm not spending the time having a reflection um, as a I normally do after uh, podcast interviews taking place. Uh, what I decided I'd do this week is uh, come and do a little bit of a reflection about what I've been doing over the last uh, few weeks and what I'm going to be doing. Um, so last week with um, Linda, I let it slip during the interview um, about my PhD topic, sort of. So the last few days, um, I've actually been up and down in the country and I was um, teaching down at the Child Centre for Mental Health um, on a topic slightly related, but we were talking about GDPR in terms of counsellors and counselling. But we got onto the subject again of um, children, children using the internet and what I'm looking at. Um, and I've managed to spend a couple of days with Holly Ann Martin, who I previously interviewed on one of these episodes, where we talked about pornography um, viewing in, in children. So I'm aware at the moment that there is um, a little bit of research being done uh, in terms of what what children are accessing and, and what kind of effect it's having. Um, and I wanted to say that um, I've been quite quiet uh, regarding what, what I'm doing and what I'm going to be doing later on this year. And I'm actually having a look at the impact. So I'm going to be sitting with children in therapy, um, as I have been doing for the, the last number of years. I'm really looking at what's what's the impact of viewing um, this kind of material. Now, it doesn't just include pornography. Um, my PhD is a little bit bigger than that in terms of um, the actual topic matter. Um, but safe to say that I'm going to be looking at the impact of basically cyber trauma, but I'm doing it at um, a research level that hopefully will have a bit more of an impact than uh, currently is, is happening. And obviously this would be great if um, I could get it done really fast. Um, but in terms of research, it, does, it takes a little bit longer. So this is why I'm doing my book, but also I wanted to do a little bit of a competition. So one of the things Holly Holly Ann's done is given me her books and these are resources for early years um, maybe even primary school level around um, some of her books are about if a child has seen pornography how you can speak to them about it it's also got preventative uh, resources in there about how you speak to your young children about the rules around body safety um, these books are absolutely amazing so in terms of competition wise, what I want what I, yeah, what I want to kind of do is is see who's willing to email me um, in terms of what you what you think uh, I should have in my book, but also what what you think my findings might be around um, the impact of media, graphic media on young people. Um, it's not rocket science. I'm sure that you can probably come up with the answer that I've been talking about for um, a long time. But there is something about what would you like to see specifically in the second book that I'm writing because I haven't I haven't finished writing it yet. So I've still got time to put lots and lots of content in it, and I'm constantly updating and editing it and um, uh, 
This is what we're going to be doing today in uh, today's podcast, doing a, a bit of an ad hoc topic. Um, unfortunately, the person who was going to do this week's episode couldn't. Um, and then something cropped up, somebody messaged me, and that's what I'm going to talk to Jan about shortly. Um, yeah, I just wondered what, what people's opinions were on the, the, the fact that we have pornography available to children, um, the fact that the sex education that was going to be compulsory in schools, I believe, has now been put back a year as well, which is really interesting information. And I, I shall talk to you about um, one of the courses I'm going to be running in terms of um, pornography uh, around counselling and psychotherapy, um, in terms of what we need to do, where it's going to go. Um, but I'm really interested. I get to work with children as young as three, four, five, six, who have been accessing pornography, who have happened upon it. Um, and this is really interesting about how do we start talking to children about this topic matter? I know that the, the podcasts that have been the most popular and this is a really interesting point from uh, me as a researcher, I've actually been looking at um, my stats and the most downloaded episode on audio is the Gary Wilson interview. And in terms of why I think people do this, I'm going to make a proposition and say that quite often when you use YouTube, when you look at other, uh, other stuff on the internet, there's actually this history that says what you listened to, what you watched, etc., etc. When you listen to a podcast, you can actually have that, uh, uh, you know, as a, for example, if you've subscribed to Cyber Synapse, which I'm going to ask people to do, um, you would listen to the episodes and, and people wouldn't know you were listening to it. So you could effectively be walking around town whilst listening to a subject matter that's about sex pornography and it really is interesting that in terms of what I'm seeing about the top five topics you're all listening to the sex stuff which really intrigues me well it doesn't because obviously um, this is kind of what I do as a job and I'm not surprised by this behavior in, in human beings but this this is about you all being adults and you all listening to the sex-based topics and we're not talking to children about pornography, which exists on the internet. And later on this year, there will be age verification that comes around. And I'm still interested in, for since since human beings began, sex has been a topic that's um, viewed, tabooed. It, it's it's just really interesting. Um, so I knew I knew I was going to come and ramble a little bit in terms of. Um, before speaking to Jan, so I'm, I'm just waiting for our appointment time to, to come through. Um, and I just thought I'd muse a little bit, muse a little bit about if my listeners and my viewers are interested in the sex topic, what do you think's happening for adolescents? What do you think's happening for young people? Obviously, I'm going to bring some stats about this down the line, and we've got to wait for those officially. So this is this is kind of like my question. So how about somebody emails me with a really interesting fact or um, something around what you think this topic might be uh, in terms of my PhD, in terms of um, what you th what you think's happening for children. Uh, I'm going to pick an email um, and I will do it in a hat, kind of random, uh, randomly, and pick out somebody to send some of the books to. Um, they are absolutely amazing books. I really, really love um, Holly's approach to how we can talk to young children. Um, 
I do use her rules uh, in, in the therapy room when I'm talking to children about what's okay, what's not okay. And that's because I generally work with children who have already been abused. And it's a way of actually showing them that they weren't to blame. So it's, it's about taking the victim blaming out of it. Um, what would you, yeah, what would you like from um, my theory in terms of cyber trauma? What kind of resources would people want? What would you like as training? Um, I'm going to be doing probably at the end of July, beginning of August time, an online introduction to cyber trauma so that people can learn a little bit about it. Um, so one of the things that popped up this weekend at um, IRT and the Child Centre for Mental Health was that there's a lot of professionals that don't understand what, what children are accessing, why they're accessing it and how to help. And that is essentially what my book is going to be. Um, and this was about what would you like to know in terms of an introduction to cyber trauma as well. So this is really an open, an open source or open forum bit of podcast chat today to say, please do email me. Tell me what you want in the podcast. Tell me who you'd like me to interview. I have some e-safety people lined up to speak to. I have some other academics. Um, I have a fabulous um, friend who is uh, going to talk about adopted children and, and we're going to talk about the pits and perils of of that level because we've done foster care um what would you like to know as professionals what would you like to know as parents um because i can waffle about this all day long but i want to make something more specific and i don't want to make it academic what i want it to be is pretty much like i talk to my parents in therapy and talk to the children and talk to other professionals in in my uh, trade if you like when I'm speaking to them about what what we need to know about um, and obviously it it will only be an introductory level because the masterclass is where I go into uh, the whys the what's the the psychology behind it the human behavior the the, the how to help etc etc um, so for now I think I've uh, I think I've just covered a little bit of what's been happening lately so it was really interesting to meet other child psychotherapists again who are still saying they don't understand what's going on on the internet. They, they find it quite a minefield. Um, and I, th I, I, I suspect the way that we help children is by helping the adults um, because children are pretty much uh, getting the safety stuff in a lot of schools. Um, they will be getting the sex education. However, that's now been put back a year. So that's another year's delay in terms of talking to children about pornography on the internet and about sexual abuse in, in the corporeal world and how, how to be safe, um, but not to victim blame or put the responsibility on them. Um, so really, this is just a little bit of amusing. Um, obviously, I'm going to be speaking to Jan in just a moment. So um, for now, I'll just hold it there. Um, and in terms of how we, can, how we can do this, please do rate and subscribe this on iTunes. When you rate and subscribe, what happens is the algorithms, um, basically the computer people will tell other people this is a good podcast for you to listen to. And in terms of who might need to access this information, I'd like um, social workers to listen to it. I'd like teachers to listen to it. I'd like parents to listen to it. I'd like academics to listen to it. Well, I'd like lots of people to listen to it. But this is how we filter the information. Um, pretty much in the safety world, these are the people I'm going to be speaking to. Um, so maybe maybe they might want to share it with some of their um, their training institutes, maybe their um, the, the people they go to see. Um, 
it's it's all about making this podcast known and obviously the comment and the joke that I've been making about the beans has all been about the the PhD because actually it costs me a lot to do it in terms of time effort and I'm still managing to do this podcast which I do out of my own time and really what I'm asking you to do is go to Patreon it's a way of sponsoring me to keep doing this but it also means that I would have um, basically a financial support for doing my PhD um, because it's not easy um, it's not easy to pay out for all of this um, stuff and one of the things will have to go in terms of time and effort if it becomes too much and that will mean that this podcast goes um, or it will have to get less in terms of the number of interviews I do which means that that information then isn't getting out there to the people that need it um, I'm wondering if I should actually get down on my knees and beg and say this is what this is what will help the information be um, uh, disseminated and the only way I can do that is by relying on you uh, my listeners my viewers to to pass this information around um, so that the way you do that is on iTunes you go down to the bottom and it says leave a review a five-star one is the quick is what I would hope for but there's also something about that then means that other people can find it. Also, there's a share button. So share episodes with friends, send them a message. Say, have you listened to this? Do you know about this bit of information? If you really want to understand what children need, go and listen to this episode. Um, and hopefully we can get much, much more e-safety, cyber safety, digital safety, all of the stuff for parenting, for information, and for helping these children. Um, and this, this is the remit of why I'm doing the podcast. Um, so I'm going to hold it there. Um, I'm due to speak to Jan shortly, so I'm just going to potter off, make myself a cup of tea, um, and then I'll dial in and speak with her. And uh, I hope you enjoy this week's episode. See you next week. So welcome to Cyber Synapse. And for those of you watching, yes, I'm still in the same kit and I've just moved because um, I pressed pause on the video, Jan. So <laughs> today, today I'm joined by... Um, Jan Stiff, who is a friend of mine, and today's episode is literally, as I said in the introduction, an ad hoc kind of conversation that happened between uh, between us whilst I was travelling to um, London. Um, so Jan is uh, an online counsellor, she's an online supervisor, she's a tutor at the Academy, which is run by uh, Philippa Whites, and for anybody who's interested, I'm going to put um, a link in the show notes, and we'll talk about the Academy and what it is uh, slightly later, Jan, in, in terms of online therapy and why, why it needs to be uh, in a particular way. Um, Great. Yeah, so first of all, I'm just going to ask you why you do what you do, Jan. I started off as a, um, a nurse. I didn't know that you could train as a, a children's nurse. And then I went into pediatric nursing. And then I went into pediatric palliative care nursing. Took me to hospice nursing. Mm -hmm. um, I also, the people I realised needed more support than anything else for the siblings. And it was just becoming a thing that people were realising that siblings actually had real issues. If they didn't have it, they just were very, very quietly in the background and really suffered emotionally. Mm -hmm. So I put that service in place in hospice and it was amazing and it, it was easy. It wasn't complicated um, and it was visiting schools and things where no one else would talk about death and dying. And often people working in hospices don't like to talk about death and dying either. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I've been there with one of those taboo subjects, but when you talk to young people, it's not taboo, you know? Yeah. 
I actually, well, I mean, we, we have had a bit of a natter before we've actually, or before I've clicked uh, record today. And one of the things we've said is this, this is um, a huge subject matter in our, our profession, isn't it? Is the two subjects, uh, and as I said in my introduction, the adults are listening to the sexual content in terms of um, the, the podcast that I've done so far. We're yeah. not actually going to talk about, well, we are actually going to talk about death indirectly, aren't we, when we get on to um, what, what, yeah. you, what you messaged me about. Yeah. But there is something around um, why, why these taboo subjects are so difficult to talk to children about, and yet children <laughs> kind of just take them really easily and go, oh, all right then. Uh, it, it, uh, it's adult, I think adults have got the issues, to be perfectly honest, Jen. Yeah. Um, and it um, needs to start with children at a young age. Oh, yes. In yes. And way. It's yeah. easy. It is easy. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what, what happened was I was travelling down to London and um, you messaged me and said... Uh, on Facebook. Yeah. 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 Hey, Kath, have you seen? Okay. <laughs> so this is going to be uh, a conversation about um, really your experience of cyber trauma in terms of what, what happened for you, but there's also yeah. something that we will have a conversation about um, Doki Doki. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. do you want to kind of go with what happened for you when, when you came across Doki Doki? I came across Doki Doki in another Facebook group, and I mm -hmm. thought, this is interesting, I clicked on it, then I watched a bit of an introduction to it on YouTube, and I was watching it, and I thought, it's very cutesy, it's very girly, it's it's um, very Japanesey, and actually, well, this is actually quite deep. It talks about poetry and stuff. I was like, oh god, I couldn't be bothered to play this. It's really deep. And I'm listening to it. It's all about these three or four girls who there's one girl who ends up causing the others to kill themselves because she wants to be the most popular because it's a dating app, a simulated yes. dating. Yeah, app. yeah, yeah. I'm and just then, thinking about whether we should whether we should describe whether we should describe what Doki Doki is. So it's an anime. Oh, sorry, yes, anime. it's an, Oh, yeah. yes, that's a good idea. It's animated. <laughs> <laughs> right. so it's a Japanese <laughs> anime. Yeah, and, and it's I'm, a free game, and yeah. it's become very popular mm -hmm. for whatever reason. It has become, and I think that's that's the danger to it. Because for me, for what I understand from it, things have become popular. There's a peer pressure to engage with them and watch them. And I think that there probably then is where the danger lies. So it's popular. But um, recently there was a lad in Manchester, a 15-year-old lad, and this game has been attributed to him um, taking his own life. Yes. But nothing's been proven yet. It's going to go through the coroner's court and things. So this is why it's come up in um, social media and things, because everyone's really aware about it. And, oh, yeah. my goodness. And when I looked at it, at that little snippet, with all this lovely piano music, and then I saw this image of this animated girl with it. She hung herself. Mm -hmm. I was so shocked. I was shocked. I was pissed off. I was angry. I was, um, and also I was a bit frightened. And because I was coming from someone who cares about young people. And as a grandmother as well, I've got a four-year-old. And she's not far off games and things. Not these yeah. days, you yeah. know. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be um, innocent to that. So um, I was really aware of what it did to me. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, come on now, come on. This is me. I'm that much older. I don't look at all these games. And actually, this can't be the only one. Of course, it's not the only one. And um, I think that when I actually looked through it a bit more, I came across um, 
James Bridle, who yeah. um, is a bit of an IT whiz kid and has writ written a book recently, so he's up there and he's doing TED Talks and things. Mm -hmm. when it, what he said at one point about YouTube, it was, kid, it was kids' YouTube, not just YouTube. Yeah. And my granddaughter's done this. She's been watching the little things of people opening eggs, the sort of um, kinder eggs and little surprise. And what he said, rightly or wrongly, is it gives them that dopamine kick. They love it. And they want to watch the next one, the next one, the next one. What I didn't realise, if you leave it on autoplay, which I'm yeah. sure lots of parents will do, right? And now I didn't know this. It goes through loads and loads and loads but randomly one video might come up and it could be like if she was watching Peppa Pig it could be Peppa Pig goes to the dentist now I have seen that on yep. TV with her Peppa Pig goes to the dentist it was really good this Peppa Pig that goes to the dentist is actually tortured by the dentist and it would just come up randomly and she'd be watching Peppa Pig tortured by the dentist yeah ah ah and what he was saying is how there's very little control. The policing that goes on in YouTube really isn't done by people. It, there can't be enough people to do it. It's done by bots. Um, some of these things are put on by bots. Some are done for, you know, people want to do it on purpose, whatever. So we don't have a lot of control. Mm -hmm. And then I was thinking about that thing, the control bit. And I was thinking about 13 Reasons Why. That's what was a big thing recently. Um, and why that was so shocking. And actually, I think for me, the sad thing about 30 Reasons Why, it was popular, so they watched it, but they watch it alone. You know, they may have gone into the playground and spoken about it, but they were watching mm -hmm. it alone. And that's, mm -hmm. that's to me, that's where it gets really complicated emotionally. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, come on, Jan, come on, Jan, just think about this now. What's this really all about? And then I watched the BBC programme and someone from Samaritans was talking on it. And she just basically said it. She said it's all about normalising things, conversations with kids, having them constantly. So it's, you're not suddenly going, what are you doing on your computer? What are you watching? You don't have to police it. It's all about how you bring your kids up and having conversations with them. Mm -hmm. The kids that go and watch these things are the kids who maybe aren't having those at home. Yep. Yes. And we know that, don't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're the more vulnerable ones, hence where it might have a traumatic effect upon them, which is what you know far more about than I could ever. But um, so that in my own simple little way is how I went from this massive reaction. And then I thought, actually, this, you know, I've done bereavement work, pre and post bereavement work. And I normalized mm. that. Mm -hmm. And so many people were shocked by what I did. And how I could sit in a room alone with a kid with a pretend coffin and we could talk about the pretend coffin. Funniest part mm -hmm. about that was when I put Teddy in the wrong way around, I got told by a young kid that I put Teddy in the wrong way around. <laughs> There's always something you can find to laugh about. It's just so normal. Yeah. It's so, so normal. So that's the responsibility is normalising it and talking about stuff. Yes, absolutely. So we, we've got um, a number of, um, I'm sat with, oh, which question do I ask first? Instead mm. of, um, yeah, we talked about kind of your experience of the shock, the horror, the, the, the momentary um, uh, trauma that you, you encountered. Yeah, and that parental. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that, there's something around, obviously, um, uh, so it's kind of out there now what I'm going to be doing around my PhD, and it is around um, this kind of uh, topic. And to say... Um, 
partly to go, hey, James Bridal, actually, I've been talking about this a lot, lot longer. This is my topic, and ha this is where cyber trauma actually came from. Um, and I've written about 13 reasons why I've talked. No, I haven't. I've talked about it. I've done yep. Facebook posts. I've done blogs. Yeah. The, the, all the stuff around curiosity, death. Um, mm. what, what else did you talk about? I think you'd said, um, yeah, 13 reasons why I talked about what was happening there. And... It's not me attacking and saying that every image is traumatizing. It's about what happens with it. So, for example, um, when the Doki Doki thing came out, to be perfectly honest, my, my opinion, Jan, was, oh, shit, it's the blue whale all over again. I thought, here <laughs> I we could go. get that. Yeah, I could uh, get that. Here we go. It's a coroner who hasn't understood. I mean, here's, here's the thing. They haven't actually done the investigation on this young boy yet. They haven't yet, apparently, no. Of, yeah. What led him to die by suicide? Well, it's going to be more than just watching Doki Doki mm. because suicide is complicated. Is. Death is really complicated. And I was asked, I was doing a BBC interview recently about the, the young lady from Love Island that, that committed, uh, that, no, yeah. no, 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 no. She yeah. was... Um, on the past, she was on the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what yeah. she did was she uh, um, went on went on social media and she kind of talked about her um, commitment to sex and kind of said how she was quite proud of it and, and then was trolled and they're attributing her death to the trolling. They're saying, you know. Right. didn't know that. Um, and I, I, as I quoted to somebody yesterday, this idea of they're trying to prove, well, you can only prove bread. You can't prove that something caused something unless it's a uh, direct cause. You know, we're talking Watch correlation again. Saying one thing, though. Yes. So much easier yeah. to blame one thing. And, Otherwise, where do you go with it? Yeah, and we're, we're in a place at the moment where there is quite a lot of sensationalism about some of these videos. And yeah, you're right, YouTube is... I mean, me and Alan did uh, the, the podcast about this December because um, we talked about the Spider-Man videos, the Elsa videos, yeah. all of the hashtags and why they're, they're actually derived by adults to do that in yeah. terms of that might be about them having a fetish it might also be about them trying to traumatise children. And you never know what somebody's... Yeah. Yeah. So, in terms of... Uh, so, when, when you talked about the eggs on um, yeah. YouTube... That, so, what was that like for you, thinking in, in terms of being the grandma? Because I think that's, that's quite an important part about why you think slightly differently to uh, a child who may witness... Well, I have spoken to people about um, kids' YouTube. And mm -hmm. it's safe, it's safe, it's safe, it's safe. And I know that, I think I've heard from you that the filters, it is not 100% safe. And no. you can ran, randomly get things on it. So for me, and I didn't know anything about the autoplay, but that really, if you leave a kid with that, with the autoplay, you don't know what's going to come up. So mm -hmm. I feel that's a real responsibility and I'm going to be dictating <laughs> about that one. Um, that's just so dangerous. It's so dangerous. Mm -hmm. But... I've always said, I think it's things like um, young people and drugs, you know, it's, yep. it's likely they're all, risk is big, risk is important to young people. They take mm -hmm. risks. It's much more important for them to take risks than not take risks. So they might dabble, doesn't mean they're going to become addicted to drugs when they're offered it. Some will find it far more easy to say no. Some will dabble because they're a bit interested, but then go, nah, it's not mm -hmm. for me. Mm. And then others will be dragged in or be very interested and will become highly addicted. And I think it's just very different children. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the same as the, 
yeah it's their own values it's it's about yeah. bringing it's about information and yeah. then i think as young people it's what's gone before and what's in them and you can't really do a lot then you could be available but it's it's up to them then to make the decisions and hopefully what you've given mm -hmm. them before and instilled in them will help them make those decisions yeah they're not all the same and some are so much more vulnerable than others uh, yes so there's a, i was just going to say it's the tra it's like the trauma continuum that actually that yeah. there's there's a whole range of reactions and behaviors yeah. and it's all about what's happened in that child's life as to how they manage what it is yeah. that they uh, um so i am going to go on the the tweet rant here thing actually jan in terms of <laughs> I, I saw a tweet that said this is how to use cse resources safely and again i jumped in and said you could, because basically somebody had said you tell the children what's upsetting well actually that's subjective you can't decide for a child what they will find upsetting so unless you say every single thing in this film could be upsetting Mm. you're not going to cover all bases and then what that does is it makes this forbidden fruit of well maybe i should watch it so there's, yes. there's something about totally yes yeah yes curiosity is so important well it's it's part and parcel it, of our innate yeah. nature and one thing i i made a note of at the beginning is about us as adults as responsible adults parents school is being curious being constantly curious and interested yes if we are working with this age group we have to be responsible to be interested curious mm -hmm. you know because anything can hit us and i'd much rather they told me than didn't tell me yeah well i'm, I'm going to steal gabor mate's uh, uh who's who's my idol um uh his phrase of compassionate curiosity so when you ask a question it's not why did you do that it's why did you do that what what yes. process what drove and yes. just by asking compassionately and caring and empathically you get a totally different response and it's i yes. mean this is how we should practice as therapists having a yeah. curiosity but quite often i see people say well have a professional curiosity and i go well have you ever been asked professionally about something you know when a when a doctor says right so blah 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 and you just think how rude uh. <laughs> That's interesting. No, yeah. yeah, no. It's being real. Our body language hopefully does it as well. It's so much more mm. than that. Online, it's slightly different. But um, yeah, but even then with that relationship online, you can you can you can put that in. It doesn't yeah. have to be a judgmental question. Yeah. So so well this is that wondering. I say wonder a lot. Exactly. I wonder I wonder this, exactly. I wonder that. Rather than thinking something which is more concrete and and actually leads to assumptions and people making kind of yeah. indecisive uh kind of questioning of each other you know well what why why did you do that i'm wondering why you did those it just sounds and different I wonder as well as but it's like i've got time to think about this i've got time i wonder mm. um, you know it's time isn't it it's really yeah. well that's interesting it's it's like i'm giving time to this mm-hmm so so what we're what we're kind of looking at then i'm just thinking about um when we are thinking of these films these videos so mm. i i actually um, went on my facebook rant regarding the sexual assault scene in in 13 reasons why the second series because i, I actually had quite it. Yeah, I, yeah 
Yeah, I had quite a traumatized, uh, traumatizing reaction, pretty much like you did when you kind of came across the Doki Doki, because mm -hmm. there was, for me, there is no real justification for having that level of, um, okay. Uh, the, the, well, it was just, it was unjustified to show it. Uh, uh, the thing about the thing about trauma and, and sexual assault is it, it is a hugely traumatizing subject matter as it is. Children do not need to see another child sexually assaulted to, to I know this thing because you explained it. Yeah. 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 So that there's is something the around. Book? Does that make a difference? Is it in the book? Um, Would it be well, different reading it in the book? Do you know... You know I wonder about, I think it is different, reading it in a book, I think it's very different reading it in a book, and seeing it visually. It must be. You could point well, to yeah, that for whatever reason. But I'm not going to, I'm, <laughs> I'm oh, not right, going to okay. that'll be in my PhD, that'll be in my PhD, so I'm keeping right, that, right. I'm keeping that at the minute. <laughs> but the, the interest, it, I was just thinking then, what can I say, what can Sorry. I say, don't say anything, just don't say anything, Kath, and then you don't get in trouble. Um, well, that shows my frame of reference, doesn't it? Don't get in trouble. <laughs> Working from a place of fear, not. <laughs> yeah. But I, I was sent something. Uh, I mean, this weekend has been really interesting. I've been sent quite a lot of, um, you know, Kath, have you seen this? Have you read this? I actually read um, a mother's account of a child who died by suicide. And I cried while I was reading it. And it was about the amount of trauma that was involved um, in, in how it happened. And I, I thought, actually, I sometimes I don't need to see this or read it or... But for children, they are curious. They want to know what... They are. Um, so in Doki Doki, there is a scene... I mean, uh, uh, there's self-harm in it. Mm -hmm. um, there is a scene with... Um, I can't remember which one it is, but she's, uh, her neck is to the side where it's snapped. You know, where she's... Uh, where she, yeah? Yes. So that there's lots of... And with it being anime, uh, and I will say this will probably come out in the, the research, for children, there's not usually a difference in terms of whether they're watching a cartoon of a person versus yeah. a real person oh, when, really? when I've been talking to lots of children the fact that it is a representation of a human yeah you know if it's with big it's, um, eyes yeah and if it's an animal they don't seem to connect as well with uh, what it is that's being uh, yeah what's being suggested to them so in yeah. terms of when resources are being made for children at the moment um so there's a new one I think it is on um it's something I saw on Twitter or Anyway, it's a video about cats, you know, and, and naked, taking selfies, you know, nudies. Uh, and I've said, you can't, yeah, children don't associate themselves. They're not themselves. relate. Uh, no, there, there's no actual, because of the way children think and the ages and stages they are in terms of brain development and how they do stuff with images in their heads. Actually, they couldn't even relate to the fact that the skin took cats. Uh, sort of makes sorry, sense. It's just funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's just funny. But, yeah, yeah, but cats take the skin off. Yeah, well, I, it, it, cats don't actually take the skin off. So how, how representative is that of the actual taking your clothes off? It, it just yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And it, in terms of what you were watching with Peppa Pig, I'm thinking about if a child was watching that, actually they know what pain is like in an animal, so they can relate to that. The fact that she was being tortured by the dentist, they would relate to syringe that. and blood. Yeah. Yeah, blood to a young child is really quite yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that's what that's what they relate, isn't it? Is pain. You you know what pain is, and you know that that's hurting an animal or, a, and and it's yes. pretty much the same with the games that they play. So there is something about it's what 
they see as okay. well as how it's portrayed so in terms of um if it was Peppa Pig sending a nude picture, they probably wouldn't kind of make it the, the same connection because don't they don't have that. And it, it comes from, yeah, it comes yeah. from Piaget and um, kind of cognitive thinking. Yeah. Children don't develop this critical thinking skill till certain ages and they don't understand permanence and impermanence and lots and lots. Exactly. This is why, yeah, I think sometimes when we have conversations and we say words like, well, it's up there forever. Actually, until a child is about 12 or 13, that concept doesn't actually mean anything to them. It's like headstone, waiting for the headstone to be popped on the grave, which is done a bit later on, um, mm. allowing the ground to settle. And I've known kids who have thought that daddy's head's going to be put in the ground as well when the headstone comes. So daddy's yeah. head isn't there yet. His head's going to be coming when the headstone comes. That makes sense. Why else? What else is head? Yeah. It's the headstone yeah. for the head. Yeah, yeah. So, so there is something really positive about when these videos are are around in terms of. Um, so I'm just thinking thirteen reasons why and why children would go and watch it. What mm. what we're actually saying is there's there's an exploration there about what is it that caused this girl to do this or what what's going on for her is that something i can talk to people about and obviously this yeah. is now going to come scooting back to the idea around pornography and what i was saying in in terms of the work that holly ann and i are kind of talking about the stuff that i'm looking at is we're not talking to children about the subjects that really really help them then have a conversation about how they're feeling and I think you said earlier about mental health. So this was before we, we talked on here that the term mental health doesn't sit quite right. No. If we no. called if we called it mind wealth or mind something, because I quite like Dan Siegel's um, so or emotional health, or because it's not it's not it's not mental, is it? It's that, and also with the neurological changes that go on in this age group, it's mm -hmm. so much more than just mental health illness, which yeah. older people have maybe. Mm -hmm. Well, I quite like Dan Siegel's, um, and I'm going to try and quote him now, that mind is uh, an embodied and relational process of, of body and brain within and between. Mm. So actually, mind is, mind, is not, mind is not this thing that sits inside your head. No. Yes. Yeah. He, he uses yeah. a, um, a bit of a metaphor about the shore, that actually you can't have a shore without the sand and the sea, and, not, and it's where they meet that the shore is. That's actually what it's like to have a mind. So when we talk about mental, pro and I think that's the... That's the well, it's um, all the vagal stuff as well, which, you know, I, I try to learn about, but it's all far too complicated for me. But that just proves how the two are so related. And we just yeah. don't know. All that, all that vagal stuff. But it's I, so important. Oh. My, my, my favourite topic. I'm, I, I'm not going to do it. that. It's a little bit too difficult for my brain. <laughs> Yes, there is, there is something about actually. So we we this is why my podcast is called Cyber Synapse because yes, both you yes. and I are working across different. You know, we're in different counties and we're talking, yeah. and there's something about you're having an impact on my mind processes and my my thinking and my feeling and being, and hopefully vice versa. And then there will be something about I will have changed after this conversation yep. in terms of yep. I will have taken something on board that will now add to my my knowledge base it might change something about what i'm thinking about and this is really what what sometimes i do see with um the scaremongering that's happening at the moment so as i said to you there was a 
there was a post shared yesterday on Twitter. It went into, I think it might have been the Telegraph today, about mindless swiping that young people are doing. And I just think, what a load of shit. Because... The whole time. How, until I get yeah. interesting. <laughs> but also... Who's who's to say what's mindless, what's subjective, what's but you Such need the judgment. phenomenological. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it vague words really piss me off actually, in terms <laughs> of um and I'm sure you're you yeah, ups, And it's upsetting. such an accusation anyway. And this was oh, about it, young it, people, was it? Yeah, so derogatory, isn't it? So not only are they addicted to their phones, they're now mindlessly swiping no, through them because yeah. they can't friggin' think for themselves. Who, who is labelling children? I am so angry at the moment for the younger generation being exactly. pathologised. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. And I just randomly think here, when my son was about 14, 15, the local shopping centre had, a, what they had um, a whistle or an alarm that was so pitched so high that only that age group could hear it and younger age groups couldn't. So they wouldn't hang around in the shopping mall. They had to get out. Yeah. It didn't last for too long. Just don't even, what? What? Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot here. I think we could go on a slight run. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't, 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 don't. Them, don't. they're youths. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, they are the most, uh, and this is what I see in terms of creativity. This is why I love working as a child psychotherapist, because they are the scientists, they're the <sighs> thinkers, the, the uh, and Dan Siegel's book talks about this, the essence of adolescence, and it's brilliant, the, the emotional spark they have, the resilience, the thinking pattern. They are the people who come up with the creative solutions and are the ones who could do it, and yet it gets squashed and quashed by this. And maybe narrative. not harnessing that then causes mm. issues. Because actually that's a lot yeah. of energy all there, that if it's not used... And if it's just, as you say, squashed and just like, no, 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 because it's dangerous. Well, yeah, it will mm -hmm. become dangerous potentially. But yeah. what a waste. Yeah. And actually, this is, this is our future generation of prime ministers. Well, hopefully better prime ministers than <laughs> we currently have. And, um, yeah, and, and presidents and, oh, yeah. But actually, this is, this is one of the things that is happening with social media, isn't it? Is younger people now have access to bigger amounts of information. And I do think that they are con continually bombarded, which is probably why yeah. it looks like mindless swiping, because yeah. they're, they're yeah. filtering out what's worthy and what's not. Actually, that's not mindless. That's Ooh. what I do. You see, I'm not mindless, really. That's what I do. It's literally then, oh, that's interesting. I'll save it, read it later. Read it, share it. So that's, that's why I tend to do it. But I do get accused by my two kids of just not doing I don't work, apparently. I'm on Facebook whenever I'm at my computer. I don't, I don't work. I haven't got a job. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah. Facebook is very useful. I find it very useful professionally as well yeah. as socially. Did you get, um, in terms of the Doki Doki um, article, have you had much conversation back in terms of from other counsellors, therapists, or, no. or maybe... One asked for a link because it wasn't linked properly and she shared it with her head teacher. So, ah. uh oh, well, let's hope it isn't a scaremongering. Don't let your children. I, uh, in fact, I am going to make a prediction now uh, based on a conversation I had with, I think it was Tracy yesterday on, on Twitter. Uh, yeah, this will be the new blue whale before long. We, we will be talking about these animated... And, and you know what? All of this stuff has existed ever since the internet. Oh, I put it on Network of School Counselors as well, actually. 
so I've really added to that one. Right, should we, should we <laughs> it, put a link in? The... It was more in case it gets brought into the counselling session, which 30 Reasons Why quite frequently was brought into counselling session yeah. from what I heard. So that was, that's why I was giving that awareness. Look, it's not knowing all about this. It's what that young person tells you. It's not knowing it all, seeing it all. It's not about that for me. It's what they say to me, what it means to them. Yeah, well, pr pretty much because uh, I mean, this is this is what I I actually do as the therapist. This is why I'm trying to d do the teaching of the counsellors. If I know that there's something new, so when I worked in the um, relationships, sex, whatever they call it, they've got so many letters and acronyms now. But mm -hmm. it was relationships and sex education. I never ever taught um, following the script. I always brought neuroscience into it and everything. And and yeah, upset quite a few people in terms of Kath. Why don't you stick to the script? Because that's not what the kids really need to know. Um, because we're, we're talking, we're using inappropriate language. We're using, you know, disguising it up. Let's let's be anatomical. Let's be biological. Let's keep it correct, shall we? Um, and let's use the right word for the perpetrators. So, in terms of kind of how how we need to speak to children, we give yeah. Um. So so quite often, older children would say, "Oh, well, that's a paedophile," and I say, "Not at all. That's a hebophile." That's what a hebophile does, or that's a, what's one of them. And then we'd have a conversation, and they would learn that word, and then they would know what a hebophile was. So there is something about talk to children, give them the information they need, make it age appropriate, and don't terrify the living Definitely. out of them, which a lot of the programs are currently doing. Because shock tactics do not work, never have. Oh, never no, have. no. Oh, but, but what you were saying about the, um, the CSE work that was going to schools, and that, you know, you might find some of this shocking or upsetting. So you could, I think you said that they were allowed to walk out if they wanted to. Some, which, some would freeze on the spot if they felt and traumatized. That's, yes. Yes. No, they're not going to uh, walk out and show everyone else that they're really upset. They're just um, going to freeze. Yes, and that was part of my tweet, that actually if you had understood the trauma training that you've been on, not saying who delivered it, but uh, if, if they understood the trauma training, then they would know that that was not possible for children to do. No. Because trauma is that response, the fight, flight, freeze, and, and flop, and all of the yeah. other parts about it yeah. that I've talked about. And, yeah. yeah. But there's, there's something about that. That just shows something. That was a, a narcissistic, maybe, approach to, I want to continue doing this and don't tell me otherwise, so here's my justification. And I... I think sometimes that does happen in terms of what we try to do with children is it, it exists in education and here we are the internet is bringing means subject you're not matters interested in young people though means mm. you're not there for the young, young person you're not yeah. you're not willing to see where you can do harm I think people don't know enough about trauma and mm. how people need to be trauma informed so that's just knowing the basics I think isn't it when you say that being trauma informed well, you don't well, have to be yeah, a trauma expert but <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, so. Karen, uh, Karen Treisman, one of my friends, uh, uh, we we've talked about that. There's a difference between being trauma informed and trauma aware. And trauma aware is okay. where you've read something, yeah. And and lots, okay. lots. So there's lots of local authorities are using this phrase trauma informed. And I think yeah, but how informed are you? How much of that subject matter do you actually understand? And how how do you apply it? Because it's yeah. okay reading a theory if you can't apply it. And, and sometimes I see that in terms of um, what does happen. And this, this is why I'm saying uh, that social media is, and, and Netflix and all of these things are bringing subject matters to children because what they want to do is talk about it. 
And then what does happen in yes. terms of counselling is quite often the counsellors will go, oh, I don't know about that. Well, so go and learn it or, or you know. Or just get the young person to inform you from their point yeah. of view because that's what yeah. it is. It's their understanding. It's their experience, yes. isn't it? Um, yeah. Trauma is about being able to make an assessment really you don't have to be an absolute expert i would assume and they're knowing what you're going to do with that child who you think is traumatized mm. or if something happens or if that child is triggered yeah and and this is the thing about this this cyber trauma in terms of your experiences is actually when you first saw the 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 program and you went and had a look so it was your curiosity that led you to a place where yeah. you watched something by yourself yeah. and there was shock horror momentary distress and actually then you rationalized and reasoned and, and actually it became yeah. something that you managed yeah 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 that's that's what young people struggle to do because if they don't have the information exactly. to, to understand that these are all normal and appropriate responses that this will be um uh, um that it might take an hour it might take two hours it might take two days you might need to speak to somebody about it and what this is what i'm saying is it's it's not about what upset you online it's not about what you disliked online it's not about what scared you it's about what could you not stop thinking about because yeah. that's when it's an issue yes yes what's overtaking your life what is yes. disabling you in some yeah. format really isn't it it's just emotionally yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's what we work that's what we work with in distress isn't it is when did when did so i i dislike labels um i'm sure mm. you know that i think they should be on <laughs> jazz and that's the only place <laughs> <laughs> i agree <laughs> should be on jazz and that's it but if somebody says i'm uh, you know i'm depressed and, and i say okay so how did you get here what was it that led you to this because there were things along the way it didn't just happen you know, and, that, mm -hmm. and that's the thing about what disabled you in this process and when did it yeah. become an issue for you? Because as I keep saying, and I don't know about you, Jen, I have never had somebody come to therapy and say, can I just come and tell you how wonderful my life is? I, it just doesn't happen because people come when they're in distress. You know, that's why they come to talk to at you. At their most they vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. You know? And at their most, you know, and they might not be able to talk. They might be absolutely frozen in it and just not knowing where to turn. But, um, and the la labels were taking me back to that, um, the addiction to um, gaming. Addiction to gaming. <laughs> it is awful though. It is, it's, it is so yes. sad. Uh. It's so sad. You know, it's just a child who, and I remember you saying this to me because I was explaining it to someone else. I said, that child could have, that could be its only friend who's the other side of that game and talking with them, who doesn't bully them, who understands them. Also, it's just they really love gaming. It's something they're actually really quite, you know, they've got that mm. sort of mind and lots of kids have that sort of mind. Also, it could be because they're just very, very lonely and they've, you know, that's... Yeah, well, it, certain it, things aren't good and certain things are okay. Yes, well, apart from the fact that um, I nearly snapped my pencil, I did hold my mouth shut then on the addiction, which is, and I'm really trying to, to... But there is something around, and my argument is, these games are an attachment-based issue as well as the dopamine fix. And this is what we and tend to made, fix. You've told me before, but they are made in the lab to be like that. They don't go out unless they are attractive enough, unless they yeah. are 
yeah there has to be a certain a certain amount of bits of bits of information per minute um uh they look for certain blood pressure ratings they look for heart they they look for lots and lots of things that make the game and let's let's use a different word in in terms of exciting that's that's what makes you play a game it's exciting or it's interesting yep yes or you have something to achieve from it yeah and and then i go all right so actually the modus operandi for actually playing a game it's pretty much the same as doing sports. It's pretty much the same yeah. as going and talking to your friend. It's yeah. it's about what you can get from it. So this is why the one that and I did last some week are quite really. dangerous. Some sports are quite dangerous. You know, surfing or something and doing it on big mm-hmm. waves. And but they mm-hmm. know the risk. But actually, they far more enjoy the the risk taking, the excitement that that gives yeah. them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, and so so I think it might have been on the Gary Wilson uh, episode. He said, yes, but it is the same process as, as pornography addiction. And I thought, well, actually, is it? Because pornography, I'm going to use the word success. So when, when you're successful at por- pornography viewing, um, that's actually about a biological kind of kick, yeah? yeah. Well, it's the same with drugs. It's the same with alcohol. It's the same with yes. nicotine. It's, yeah, yes. Gaming is about uh, usually a social aspect. So that doesn't make it the same. That means that you're playing a game because the game involves maybe somebody or something. It, yeah, it's, it's a so social that's thing. Where it's really, that's the real importance, isn't it? And that difference. Yeah. yeah, and that's why, that's why I've said you can't, you can't untangle social from biological because actually, again, we're back to that Shaw metaphor, they are the same, one and the same thing when you are looking at the process of what somebody's doing. And that's yeah. that's why we can't sit never go quantitatively, this is what's happening. So and I go, so what if the same area lights up in the brain? That's the same area that's used for attachment. Because this is what quite what happens is when and this is where I love the brain research. It's like people go, Yes, but can you see it's the nucleus accumbens and da 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 and I go, Yeah, but when there's oxytocin, that's what's being used in attachment. So did you measure for all outcomes at the same time? to find out whether it was an attachment process or an addiction oh. process. Big, uh, and, that, and that's been my argument from day dot, is when people go, yeah, but it's this area of the brain, I go, yeah, but also in terms of what we know about the brain, yeah, we're making guesses. We're still making guesses, and they're Goodness best me. guesses. Wow. Yeah, oh. there's, there's, no, there's <laughs> no proof in it, yeah. Uh, and, and as a, as a spells though as well that sort of research you know yeah. that's quantitative that's you know that's the sort that it needs people like you to go at well actually how about well it could be this and it could be that so how do and, and this is what i'm saying is as a scientist and i i come from the paradigm of where it positivist positivistic it is so it, here's the science here's the cause correlate and i go okay but here's the counter argument and the counter argument also looks when it comes to human behavior you can't separate ever biological processes from social and that's what that's why i have this approach of bios biopsychosocial because that we are all we are all of it we we've got cultures we've got scripts we've got all of the stuff that make us human and yeah. we're not an isolated case of well here's a dopamine hit so there they are they're addicted so it's it's just really interesting it is mm. <laughs> and yet and yet you know that i mean i've got a bloody brain tattoo you know it's i love how the brain works i and saw I, some I, brain jewelry recently and i thought of you so um, i've actually i've actually got some i've got um oxytocin necklace i've got oh, Richard, yeah 
yeah, I, yeah, I, that it makes is fascinating. It's just, I would love to know more, but it's just, I find it just too difficult for my brain. But it is fascinating. Yeah. And people yeah. are only now beginning to understand how a young person's brain works and how it changes, how it's remolding. Mm. Mm. And a lot of people who engage with that age group don't know that, don't know how vital it is. And actually how you can make dramatic changes for the better. That's another good time to yes. take them aside. Yes. And in terms of mindless swiping, what a mindless statement to actually make. Oh, I like because that. Because how, how on earth can they tell? Because they didn't like ask that. the people what they were doing. They observed them and made a best guess. They should watch me every afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> so I yeah. do the whole time. Mindless swipe. Mindless swipe. But I tell you what, I have to tell you this one, my four-year-old. This probably happens to lots of people, but it just really got me. Um, no, she was three, actually. And she was in the sitting room and the TV was on. And she went mm -hmm. up to it and she went to swipe it. And it didn't work. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the sort of, that's how different it is for her. Well, three years from now, actually, you will you know? be swiping your tellies because they'll all be touch yeah. screen. I mean, they are exactly. going that way anyway. It's and yeah. you know we won't have teachers we'll have holographs and holograms and everything else it, it will have to be different because of because of funding and everything things are going to have to really change but actually one thing i was going to ask you is when things become even more immersive and people have um visual stuff mm -hmm. and i wonder how much more that's going to impact neurologically because i'm thinking that that's really, really dangerous <laughs> <laughs> she says leaning in really interested like well it just so happens that i did an article on medium about and it's called the polyvagal portal to the matrix and it's all about the immersive vr experience because why... if doki doki was on there or if you watched if you watched 30 reasons why on it won't be long down the road for everything is that way if you want yeah to. well i mean i've i've yeah, I've talked about it. I've got a VR headset and it was um, th because of something I was doing and, and cause I do this all the time, just ask about this stuff and, and just faff and go, oh, this is, and as I've said to you before, I, I, when I'm presenting and, or, uh, and I did this and I went, oh, ah, mm. <laughs> it's, it's as quick as that from being excited about something to thinking, oh God, this is another level of trauma. Because what immediately I get the yes. geeky excited. Oh, this is an amazing technology. Look at so how the machine really learning. Excited about it because that. And then, and then I go, ah, Damn. this is how it can be Damn. abused. We, we, it's, it's the VR, the haptic feedback kind of suits that, that where we're heading, um, oh. and, and people are going to be going the what, the what? It, yeah, yeah. I about where that's going to be. We it are going be long to down be the road another ten years. Where will be not even that? Years? Not even that, Jan. <laughs> the, the stuff that's happening with augmented reality, virtual reality, it's it's not even that far. And there is something which I'm going to maybe bore some people with something called Moore's law, which is how the computer's processing. Get get this though. <gasps> this was one of my favourite facts this week. The computing power at the moment. So you've heard of Intel inside, and yeah, right. The computing power at the moment is currently something like 10 to the 11 zeros. Yeah. Mm -hmm. By 2023, it will be 10 to 16 mm -hmm. zeros, which doesn't sound more, you know, it's only a couple of zeros. Uh, that's pretty much what the human brain functions at. Oh. 2020, I know. <gasps> I was just like, that's amazing. It scares, no, it scares, well, yeah, no, I can see how. 
but that really frightens me. And it's it, things used to frighten me because I used to think, I just don't understand this. It frightens me because I don't understand it. I won't be able to keep up with it and the harm that will be done because other people do understand it and will be doing yeah. it really, really well. And when we've got things like this going on at the moment where bots are putting things and interjecting them into kids' YouTube for the sake of it, whatever, what's going to happen? No. Well, to be perfectly honest, Jan, those are the same bloody bots that are now being used and, and in, in terms of where we want to start going maybe with therapy and things like that, that there's lots and lots of this machine learning that's being used at the moment. And I, I am going to come from the, the kind of counsellor's perspective. Yeah. The, the, the people I am trying to educate are mainly um, parents, yeah. uh, professionals, but I do spend a lot of time talking to um, particularly counsellors and psychotherapists because it's the one profession that's clueless. And when I say that, I'm making a generic sweep. I'm just about I'm to say, don't you say that. But um, and I'll, I'll, I'll just get this out there, actually, because it's quite important. Acto at the moment, there's a group of us who are really interested in AI and how some of those um, apps are, it says there's a person, there's a picture of a person, you pay the person before you go mm. on, and it's not a person, it's all bot-generated stuff. And if you say, do yeah. I like the colour blue, it'll go, how did that make you feel, or whatever. So we're trying to sort of, because again, people don't realise that. So it's trying to um, inform clients that yeah. this is what they might be paying for, you know. Um, is it Wobot? But there's one... That's really, there's one actually that I tried which wasn't too bad it was okay but others that where they perceive it's a person on the end and they are paying this person yeah. at the end and it's not that is unethical that is really wrong so it's time to highlight that yeah well I was I'm, I'm just gonna make two points one I, I am fully aware that actually ACTO and, and kind of the, the there is a cohort of some yeah. some counsellors who are trying to work online because they have gone and done the online training and understand it and so on and so on. so there, there is there is a cohort of us but generically from most of the the courses that are run this cyber stuff is way beyond many people and, and i'm fully aware that that is where it sits at the minute and That's i know that um is it age, uh, age of counsellors well, I mean, I, I, I made a statement on, on a Facebook post and Difficult said, on that one. yeah, old hats not wanting to change. <clears throat> so somebody said, blah, 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 from an old hat. Uh, uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, but in, in terms I mean, of... I mean, I'm old, but I'm interested, I'm intrigued, and I think that's because <laughs> yeah. I'm interested in that age group, and that's what's... But, so it's not always age, but um, hmm, it's been interested, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and vulnerable people and how others are abusing... Hmm people and young people's vulnerability yeah i think i think sometimes it's not just um curiosity it's fear fear this this cyberspace has caused a lot of fear for a lot of people because sensationalism is in the news yes there's so much good there are so many good many apps out there there are so much good that's on social media that um my kids when they were doing their exams and things they were engaging with friends on social media otherwise they would have felt really lonely they didn't yeah. have time to engage any other way, but they were offering each other support and stuff over yeah. social media while they were revising. Fantastic, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. So they didn't feel alone. Yeah. Well, in, in terms of, actually, uh, I'm just thinking about, because I mentioned Pippa's um, Academy earlier, so uh, do, do you just want to give, like, a little bit of a, an intro? Because we might have counsellors listening to this today. In yeah. terms of um, if they wanted to go and do some online training uh, or, you know, learn about, 
kind of been a counsellor, psychotherapist? Counsellors, psychologists, um, so to everyone really. So it's training on, online and they, so it's uh, either introduction to training online through to a diploma. And then there's going to be online supervision training as well at diploma level. Mm -hmm. um, and the great thing about the academy is that they um, are trying to bring in various bolt-on um, courses and courses that people are interested in and want to be done. Yeah. Um, and I think there's, there's a course at the moment about um, uh, working with trauma online, which I've seen recently. So, you know, things like this, it's very specific, mm -hmm. but there will be some people who are really interested in doing that, for instance. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, this is the thing. Technology's not going away. This is what I keep saying to counsellors. The, the, the counsellors who work in the corporeal stuff, Jan, the ones that, who are in... in you know, the, the buildings and, and, and I say, it's not going away. You no. are part of this world now and you need to learn about and it. And actually, you're hiding. If you're not part of it, you won't be seen. So, you know, mm. a course on how to promote yourself on Facebook and build a good Facebook page. And, you know, if it's not good enough, it's not going to be attractive to people. Yeah. And Facebook, I see a lot more on Facebook than I do on websites and things. Yeah, well, I mean, websites are um, they're, they're kind of like a calling point, and I, I, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I've just I, mine's being redone at the moment because, as, as you know, as I started years ago, it was just Kath the, the counsellor, then it was Kath the centre. I've now got GDPR on there. I've got because <laughs> it's, I, I've just gone whoa. So there is there is a whole reshift because obviously I'm putting some of my stuff online um, as I've said Brilliant. in the introduction today. I think there's I'm going to do an introduction to cyber trauma because the professionals can learn about it then and find out, yeah, you know, is this something we need to learn about? Well, pretty much, it is. yes. It's, yeah, I was just about but, to say, you can't make the decision. Actually, yes, it yes. needs to be involved. Yes. And yeah. it will give them an introduction into what, for, for example, cyberbullying, why it's such a complex uh, phenomena in terms of this isn't cyberbullying and this is, or this might be, but this gets called a different name and so on. So yeah. it's just me doing yeah. a little bit of... Pretty much talking about my book, but doing it to talk to professionals. So it's, uh, I mean, parents could buy it, but it is going to be aimed at professionals. And then there's a few, uh, then there's... The, and that will the, be online? Yeah, I'm going to put it via my website and it will be a course that you can download, doing your own time. Brilliant. Um, and it's it's a short short course, Introduction to Cyber Trauma. There's another one going out for counsellors about GDPR and cyber security, because that is a big thing that's misunderstood. And there's another one coming, but I'm not going to announce that one just yet. <laughs> and probably more, because the, the masterclass level is actually where I need to go and spend two days. I cannot teach cyber trauma in one day. It's just oh, not God, possible no. to do it. Which is interesting in itself, isn't it? Because people yeah. probably think you could just now sitting. Uh, as you said, that. you couldn't do it in a day. Well, my, my very first book had 30-something issues in it. I'm way beyond that now, and I'm already, I'm wow. already, you know, I'm at the point where I don't know if I'll ever get this book bloody finished, because each week there's another thing that happens, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to explain that. So there, there is that's something. the thing about, that's the thing about the net, isn't it? It's just so fast, and things are so fast. Yeah, yeah. and it's about, actually, as counsellors, as professional you know i'm talking social services teachers they need to be up to date on this yeah it's, that, it's that's a responsibility it's yeah. and it, it it's the same as that word safeguarding it's it's that it's, it's everybody's business to know yes. and to be responsible yes 
so mm -hmm. it's like you update on safeguarding every year you update on this every year because that's yeah. how because it's you know even though it's not your part of your life very much it will be in people that you're you're supporting mm. yeah absolutely and do you know what yeah. i'm dealing with lots of adults that are coming in with these cyber-based issues it's not it's not limited to young people this is what i'm saying it's not limited to young people including a client in their 70s who who has facebook and is actually um in a, when when they see the the news and so on they they have a terrible time that day because of all the stuff in their history and so on. it's it's really interesting yes. how it how it affects everybody in different ways well you ways. can get to things more easily but it's that thing that when things relate to you they jump out don't they so even if it's not mm. that much, you'll be seeing it. And it's everything's so accessible and so quick that I suppose yep. now on social media, you're constantly seeing it. It's everywhere. Yeah. Well, I'm going to use a, an academic term just before we finish. Well, that's what they call attribution bias, where if, if you think you're going to say, you know, and then when you're looking around for something, yeah. you, will, you will continue to see it as well. So there's confirmation yes. bias. There's all these things that happen, all of these thinking processes, and it's all about what we're doing. So... Um, yeah. yeah, I've no idea how long we've talked for. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine I, I, I'll, tell you what, I'll, I'll give you a really <laughs> honest answer. Um, I was at home sorting something out and I've taken my watch off. So, oh, um, no, so you don't know. Oh, no, because I've got, I've got full screen open, so I need to kind of do, come off the full screen to go and check what time it is. We've probably way gone over. <laughs> so, thank you. Thank you for your time today for Pleasure. doing this. Jonathan. Thank you. As always, I've learned so much from talking to you, so thank you. Yeah, and uh, as I've said to everybody, you know, rate, subscribe. The the link to the academy training will be in uh, the show Thank notes. That. That's cool. And then this will go live um, because we're recording it Sunday evening. It'll be out tomorrow morning. Brilliant. Yeah, Brilliant. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some no, hard is... hard heavy editing. That no, yeah. I'm not. I'm just gonna put bloopers and everything. <laughs> right. I haven't sworn, have I? No, no, I have. I have. I'm I'm getting it. Yeah. I haven't noticed, but I wouldn't, you see. That's me. That's me. Hysterical. <laughs> Thank you so much. Right. Thank you. All right. Thank okay. you ever so much, then, Jan. All right. Okay, bye.